Hi, I'm Rochelle Athena, and you're listening to my podcast series, Try Hard Philosophy. So I just wanted to put a little bit of a footnote before this podcast starts down, which is that I was going to completely scrap this podcast based on the fact that I kept stuttering on my words and was going to use the excuse that I was sick, which I was, but it isn't actually an excuse. And the fact that the topic of this podcast is on failure just goes to show how much pressure we put on ourselves to do this. So I just wanted to let you guys know if you do feel uncomfortable while listening to this because of my inability to repeat words or repeating different words and I guarantee there's no Freudian slips in there don't worry well sorry that there's no Freudian slips um feel free to skip to the next one however there is some really good points about failure in there especially for academics or anybody going through a changing phase in their life anyway I hope you enjoy this is episode two today I want to talk to you about failure the nasty f word that can shake the human psyche more so than even love itself. Now, I know you're sitting there wherever you're listening to this, gripping your device or your steering wheel tighter as I say this, because even the word failure is programmed to make us feel very uncomfortable. The psyche is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as the human soul, mind, and spirit. Failure, however, is designed as a lack, is defined as a lack of success or the action of a state of not functioning. In today's world, despite our advances and understanding mental health, not functioning is is unthinkable for most people, even only in the area of one area of their life. Now, I want to talk to you today about four main areas in your life today in regards to failure, and that is our academic and financial failures, our relationship failures, and our health, mindfulness, and travel, and our failure of opinions, which I'll touch base more on later, just in case it turns you off listening to this podcast. In regards to our financial and academic failures, for most people, that may just come down to work and the money in their bank. Some other people, it may come down to being promoted at work, and for others, it may come down to exams at university. Something that I am familiar with in all states of mind and something of which I have failed and succeeded and failed again and succeeded again in all of these areas. Now, when you're at university, obviously, there is sometimes what they call a 50-50 with fail and pass, depending on how hard your course is. Some people are okay with that and some people like myself loathe at the fact that failure is an option. And when it does become a very real option, everything else in life seems like it's falling apart. But realistically, it's not. Recently, I've watched some watched some YouTube videos, such as by Thomas Frank, that talked about failure, specifically at uni, accepting failure. Uh, and also people like Steve Jobs that worked with failures, whose, whose own company... <laughs> exiled him, exiled him from his own company and he still bounced back from that and he was still able to talk about that. And also JK Rowling, who when her her deepest, darkest failure, which was trying to take her own life, was exposed by a news source, she took that upon herself to speak at speak at what I, I think was a graduation, but don't quote me on that. 
about the the trouble she'd had in her life leading up to writing her books about Harry Potter. I know it's not everybody's thing, but you have to admit, the definition of success, <laughs> well, J.K. Rowling would definitely be up there. Now, in regards to failure at uni work and money, these things do link in with things like relationships, which is the next topic. So failure of relationships. It does make some people, in fact, probably most people, quite squirmish. Whether you're looking at it from a modern perspective with self-help books, such as The Language of Love, How to Make Friends and Influence People, not, not all these things work for people. It doesn't work for people like me that are quite naturally rebellious. So reading these things makes me feel like I'm in a box. However, if you're quite uncomfortable with the idea of love and friends and things like this, this may be the perfect option for you. But the moment you read these things and you realise you've either failed before and that was your fault, or you could fail because you're nothing like what they're telling you to be, it makes you feel uncomfortable. And it should make you feel uncomfortable because failure is uncomfortable. But if we can't accept failure in our life, then we're not ever going to move on to the next success that we have. In regards to relationships, sometimes people approach things with the old way, the Freudian way. <laughs> so obviously people would go to the, the obvious sex, sexual urges there, but also psychoanalytic things as well. Things to do with how you, you feel intuitively with your dreams, how you feel that you get along with people chemically. Friends have told me before that they couldn't get certain people out of their head and that they feel like they are the one and then others tell me that they're not really into somebody but they've been dating them for 10 years. It's interesting because both of those people are scared to fail, just like we all are. But it's not until you actually realise that somebody you may have been die-hard chemically head over heels for was not for you and that you either broke your own heart well, you may have broken someone else's heart and you had to live with the consequences of both. But you actually realise that failure is not the end of the world. And that's just in relationships. And this applies to university, work, money, finances as well. Is that when it does happen, even if it's things such as failing a unit, you know, getting penalised at work or getting a warning at work or at most, which I'm sure most people have suffered, whether it's a casual job when you're 18 or working for a tech company at 30. Not referring to myself there, but a few when I was younger, yes. Getting fired can feel like the end of the world. And I believe that Thomas Frank quoted that in his video, that getting fired, even if you're 17 or 15 or 35 or 70, it feels like the end of the world, but it's not. And it's the same with money, when people lose money on stock, when people, when people have to declare insolvency. It feels like the end of the world. It feels like a prison, a death sentence for some people. But it's not until you go through this and learn from the adversary that you actually move through and realise that you need failure to succeed in your next path. This brings me to my next topic. My next topic in regards to relationships is generational and being the age of 30, I don't feel like I'm in the middle at all. However, I do feel like I'm on the outs of one that's up and coming, yet I'm not old enough to understand the, the wisdom of generations past just yet. 
I, I still hang out with young 20-somethings. I still have younger siblings that are in high school. I'm still connected with the diverse youth of today. I still am a part of that. So whether you're a Tinder millennial or an anti-avocado baby boomer, relationships still affect us all. We all still need love and we all still want love. So how do you find that balance in today's world not to fail? Whether it's somebody sitting there with a Tinder app, <laughs> how do you find that balance not to fail? Or if you're 45 and divorced, how do you find that balance not to fail? Or 35 and a single mother or a single father with children and you may not get, get along with your ex-spouse. What do you define as success? I mean, in 2019, do we really define the nuclear family with a mum, dad, two children and no problems as success? Not really. But all the power to you if that's happening. That's great. Positive in any which way form is great. But I think that we as a civilization and individuals, obviously the Western society is more an individual society compared to, say, the Eastern society, which is a collective diversity of basically loyalty to family and those kind of things, where in the individual society, we compare ourselves to everyone individually. And we shouldn't be so harsh on ourselves. In regards to relationship failures, I believe that this also ties into things such as health, mindfulness and travel failures. Travel might not apply to everyone, might not apply to you. However, everybody knows somebody that is either A, the travel nomad that we know, whether they tell you about it verbally, but never express it on social media, and you just sometimes wonder what it's like to have that life, or B, they are that person that expresses that on social media, and you go, I wish I had that life. Or C, none of the above, and travel doesn't interest you, and that's fine. Health and mindfulness, though, however, in today's what we call the social media world, especially on Instagram, this is what's affecting our relationships. Well, at least our idea of what our relationship should be. So obviously you've got things that influence. So in Australia, you've got things like Michelle Bridges, a great, a great incentive, a great program that, um, you know, influences people to uh, become more healthy. And I'm not talking about anything in this podcast that I haven't experienced myself or that a friend hasn't experienced or that I haven't actually read up on. So I myself have been on the Michelle Bridges program years and years ago, so I would not speak of it highly if I didn't believe it was a good thing. However, Obviously, people's ideas of what they should look like, what they should do, what they should be doing is all based on other people's businesses because the world needs to flow. Um, it can be hard for people, though, however, to separate their personal life from what they think they should be health, physical and especially mindfulness. So people like Sam Harris talk about mindfulness and help people be able to be mindful or find their find their ability to meditate as well, which I myself uh, meditate and have been doing for a few years and was introduced by this by a friend who was also a nomad traveler. So this is where travel comes into it. Travel is believed to originally have opened up uh, your mind. So one of the five factors of personality is openness, openness to experience. And travel and mindfulness is uh, able to help you do that, as well as good health. Good health does help in a lot of things. However, the extremity, just like in anything that is extreme, is unhealthy. So Instagram, for example, having so many options to explore on there for absolutely any topic 
just like things like Medium and Reddit. However, the images on there are not just images anymore. It's not just a cosmopolitan magazine that you can put down on the shelf. These are things of people going that I am so enlightened because of travel, yet I look amazing in what I'm doing right now. And that's great for that person, but other people might think, maybe I should be doing that. Their life might be great as it is, or they might be working on something completely different. They could be working on quantum physics for all you know, or trying to, trying to cure cancer. But to them, they're still not that person on the screen, or what we used to call the glossy magazine. And just like the topics before, this ties into our idea of failure to do with ourself, to do with our, our work, our university, our money, our relationships, and now our health, mindfulness, and what we feel that we should be doing travel-wise, whether that's holidays or for some people that's just going to the next state. And not doing that might be a failure to them. For other people, it might not be going on a Kentucky tour. And for other people, it might simply just not be taking a holiday every five years. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about was failure of opinions. And I'll tie this all in and just bear with me while I go through this. So for me, I will do this quite objectively as I have been involved in a lot of things with the exception of extremist groups. I have been involved in things and attended conferences at the United Nations. Yet I have been involved in things where I've assisted defense members with their relocations during the Afghan and Iraq war. Now, in regards to this, when I talk about failure of opinion, this is people's obviously at first we butt heads and you don't care what a failure is. And this is the left versus right scenario. This is the I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong scenario. Now, when I talk about failure of opinion, this is when somebody actually realizes that they're wrong or even worse, that their opinions are hurting someone. And yes, this is on both sides. This is not a left, this is not a right or a left thing or a left or a right thing. Failure of opinion can hurt just as much as losing a job or losing a thousand dollars or having a breakup or getting sick or not being able to go on holidays. Failure of opinion defines people. Most people define themselves as by what their beliefs are. And human values are the deepest value, the deepest thing in a, in a human psych that they have. So having a failure of opinion, is that individual? Or is that just a collective society saying you are wrong? Now, obviously, social media doesn't help this. Social media, it pins us against each other. It's basically an, a civil war on the internet. And it has been for years. I myself have engaged in many, many a, a strong opinion in regards to political or even moral values. Because we know that a lot of moral values, such as abortion and um, gay marriage and everything, it, it has come into the, the world of politics and it's been there for a long time. But how much do we take this on ourselves? And then when does that start affecting the other three big sections of our life that we define as failure. So, you know, work and money, relationships, health, and opinions. So how do you start to grasp not just one thing that you feel like you failed at, whether you lost an argument, whether you got sick and maybe you gained some weight, whether you lost some money, whether you failed a test, 
or whether somebody stood you up on a date. How do you get through these failures? Well, most of these things are subjective. And so how do you get through a success? Everybody celebrates success differently. I mean, when you think about it, a lot of people will pop a bottle of champagne, but success means different things to everyone. So why don't we embrace failure like we do success? Well, I can tell you from experience for somebody that has failed quite a few things and succeeded at just as many, embracing failure is the best thing you can do. In order to do that though, you need to open your mind to experiences. You also need to associate the fact that success does not define you. Your job does not define you. Your relationship does not define you. But sometimes your failures do. And when you do learn to open up, to open up and embrace those, then you will be able to move on to the next chapter. There is a lot of good podcasts and a lot of good YouTube videos that can encourage you how in regards to individual topics. So like I said, university was one of those. Failing, failing a unit or a few units at university felt like the end of the world to me. Where money and relationships, I, I kind of wore that over the years. But failing academically was important. So if it is relationships to you, then learn to love yourself again. Learn to put yourself first. Learn to embrace that failure. And know that life goes on after failure. Life always goes on after failure and it doesn't define you. Thanks for listening to the Try Hard Philosophy podcast. If you'd like to contact me, you can via my email or on my Instagram at Rochelle Athena. You can listen to this podcast via most podcast outlets, including Anchor and Spotify. Thanks for listening.